No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this screw. Welcome to the show, let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us, it's not to give rough. Broadcasting from Studio Lumo in Adelaide, it's the SCNSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Today we learned that Mark Bickley is a clean freak and I love this. Bix, what I witnessed this morning was magical um, and I have a few questions. You know, firstly, it's your environment. Yes. And if you want to be in a healthy environment and a good environment, you want it to be... You think I'm taking the piss out of you. Good. I'm not. I promise you I'm on board. <laughs> so okay. what's your routine when it comes to cleaning? Because at my house, a couple of things have happened. Mm. When oh, We'll get to the sport in a second, by the way. Yeah. Um, when I wake up, I like to... We have three oil diffusers in our house, so really? I like to put them with some eucalyptus smell. Yeah. However, I'm also... Not, I'm not into that. Sandalwood and coconut incense is great, but I've been told I'm not allowed to put it in the house because it could harm the kids. So I have to put it outside, apart from my wife isn't home, and then I put it inside. And then easy off, bam, spray everywhere, like all that stuff. So do you have a a favorite smell or cleaning product? Not particularly. Like I maybe it's because I've I've become used to good standards at home. Tori does a lot of the work at home. I'm not going to put my hand up and say that I do all of it. She, yes. has, she generally does the heavy lifting in terms of the uh, the bathrooms mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm a bit of the kitchen type cleaner. She's more the floors as well. Okay. I look after the garden. That's my sort of yeah. uh, endeavour. Whipper snipper. Yeah. I'm, I'm all over that, which is good. Great Makita products. I noticed Makita are a great supporter of our show. Does your your cord on your whipper snipper break frequently? Because mine does. And is that an indication that it's not the right cord you're using? Exactly. Because okay. I had a very similar issue. And yeah. I um I went into a uh, the place where I bought the the whipper snipper. Yeah. You, you need to use finer cord. That's what you need. That's the secret. It's it's uh, counterintuitive. You would so think, the thicker breaks easier. Oh, it's more brittle. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. And it's also the, the way you uh, feed it in yeah. as well. See, so. this is I think this is all good stuff. Um, we did talk a bit of sport on the show today as well. We <laughs> caught up with Tom Jonas from the Port Adelaide Football Club. And John Olsen was a good chat because there's a – it feels like forever the Crows have been trying to find a new home, but that, it feels I close. I think they're making some progress. Now, they've, there's some concessions in there. We heard this morning – They've uh, given back some green space, 30 metres. They've changed the orientation slightly of the oval on King's Reserve, which is the the secondary oval. Uh, Hopefully they can appease the people that are not happy. Mm. And I think they're they're meeting every fortnight now to to work through the issue. So you just hope they make some progress. They get get on with it. They're able to to reach an agreement and finalise the plans and then start moving forward. Because I think all Adelaide fans want a home base. And Bix took full credit for a segment which he forgot that I actually voiced a couple of years ago um, every day, basically. We're a a team here, mate. Yeah, I I get that. But you took full credit and you winked at me with your smug face. And I'm like, (laughs) mate, I was there doing that. So you've... I, I don't profess to be the, uh, the to be the original. I just said maybe we could do this on the show this morning, and and guess what we did. I liked it. Over or under? Uh, enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. Good morning to you. Happy Wednesday, 15th of Feb. We trust your Valentine's Day was lovely last night. It's day two for Mark Bickley in the SENSA Chair 2 live in SENSA Studio Lumo. 
powered by Lumo Energy SA. Morning, Bix. Good morning, Jared. How are you this morning? Look, I'm going okay. I think it's important we address the elephant in the room straight away. Uh, and that is normally what happens uh, when you do a radio show. You spend about half an hour to an hour having a conversation about what you're going to, to speak about in the the hours leading up to the sports show and how we're going to get people to to speak to us because the South Australians waking up to us at the moment. Um, you've just spent the past half an hour to 40 minutes cleaning Studio Lumo <laughs> and the kitchen here, which I wish we had a camera on you because you've, you've done a full domestic blitz, we've, which I love. We've transformed it. Yeah, but... You had to run in here with about 30 no, no, seconds no, no, to go. No, no. Let's just set the scene here. Now, I know you went to uh, the World Cup, I the did. soccer World Cup. Yeah. I was inspired by the Japanese team. <laughs> oh, my God. And what we saw, and, and their fans, after they finished their game, yeah. like the All Blacks, you know, clear the sheds, mm-hmm. the, they left their change rooms spotless. The fans took a plastic bag with them. They cleaned the stadium after they left. So what I thought was, let's just start with a, a fresh bill of health. Let's yep. clean... The uh, the area we're in, the little kitchen area, mm-hmm. which wasn't that bad, I must say. But the the dishwasher looks like it hasn't been clean in five years. Well, I don't think it's been turned on. <laughs> That's the issue. So I'm just addressing some of these little things. It's called attention to detail, and we'll have a nice area to work in. And then I love it. Once it's clean, it's easier to keep clean. Now I want to talk about your day yesterday because. Um, you went to Bunnings. You, you, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You've just purchased a new house, yep. and, and uh, you were you were just grilling me. Because I probably am a little bit more uh, at home in the garden than potentially what you are. You're too busy working. I'm not a handyman at all, mate. No. Like I'm, I struggle. I'm glad we to, got that out. Yeah, yeah. and I'm open. fine with that. Yeah. I feel I feel safe saying this stuff with you because I'm. I struggle to use a drill. I tried to drill in like a, a video camera outside the house, my house, obviously, not someone else's house. And then, <laughs> um, and then um, I almost fell off the ladder. It's so bad. The neighbours are like, why are you focusing the camera on our house? But no, I, I had why to go. in the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> I had to go in yesterday to, to get a, a hose, mm, mm. which um, uh, we've got an irrigation system at the place that we're living at, but yes. I don't know how to turn it on. So yeah. I thought, because this week is going to be stinking hot. It's 35 today, 38 tomorrow. I need to to water the garden because I want to Good keep... Good start. Yeah, thank you. So um, I went and bought a 30-metre hose, which I think was quite aggressive, but... I- <laughs> More is better. Is that yeah, what you went for? <laughs> I think so, because I can do three laps of the house now with it. It's all about length. And then, then you buy the the hose in the, the circular shape that it's in, mm-hmm. um, and it's really tough. So every five seconds when the water was trying to go through the hose, it would stop because of the knot or the, the fold in it. It's called a kink. A kink. Mm. Okay. And then we we realised, though, both we're on the same level because we both suggested to leave it out in the sun today. Yes, I would suggest that. Yeah, because it will soften up. And then what you do, you'll turn it on and then you'll squirt someone and it'll be boiling hot water. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I also met, met the, uh, the, the new neighbours and the resident people mm. that go through my bin. So, they, they, <laughs> so, so bin day in my area is today. And last Thursday, um, it was recycling day. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting out the bin and I'm watering the front garden. And then a car pulls up outside my house. It checks your bin out. And they're like, g'day, how are you? We're just going to go through your bin. And I'm like, okay. They said, oh, it'd be easier for us if you left your stuff outside the bin behind your gate. And I said, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, so they're after deposits, are they? Everything. Like- 
Everything. It's so it's so bizarre. So it's it's interesting meeting the neighbours. Um, let's get into what's cooking because we we like to discuss everything that's on um, top of mind at the moment. I, I did want to share something here. We are for you thanks to Tire Power Big Holiday Sale now on something that you you may have heard last week. Bix. Yep. Um, with, with Bryce was I had a really big moment as a father and a, a parent when it comes to sport. Mm. Um, I was half asleep last week and filled out a document for my daughter's school and then the next day received an email saying, congratulations, you're now the basketball coach. I saw that on your socials. Yeah, so I was really excited about that and uh, I took my daughter out to do some basketball training because I had no idea. I don't know what to do mm. to be a coach. Now, you are a coach, so you know exactly what to do. And you're, <laughs> but your kids are a lot older, so you yes. know how to, to manage expectation and how to actually do training and manage parents and things like this. So my daughter was really excited. Her name is Rain. And uh, on Thursday, game one for mm. the Largs Bay Lakers. That's what we call the Largs Bay Lakers. Largs she wa- Bay Lakers. Yeah. So she wanted to call um, the she wanted to call us the Unicorns, which I didn't think mm-hmm. was that good. Yep. So we went with the Largs Bay Lakers because it, it rolls off the tongue very nicely. Is there a lake in Largs Bay? Not at all. Okay. Um, and but I, I think that was better than like the the Largs Bay piers or the Largs Bay jetties or something like that, the snake pit. I thought you might have gone with the ladybugs. Yeah, but that's not hardcore, and I'm like a <laughs> hardcore coach, okay? So we've got to start intimidating the okay, other teams who play playing. Is it under what, eights? Uh, I don't even know. Okay, I, I, yeah. I accidentally put my wife's phone number on the form, so she's getting all the messages from the parents. All right. But last night when I turned on my computer, getting ready to go, all right, I'm going to contact all the parents mm-hmm. and say, I'm not organised. I don't know where we're playing. First game tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I've opened up our school app and here's the message. Good afternoon. Unfortunately, we did not get enough teams to run mini basketball at Port Adelaide for this term. We will hopefully have enough teams to run in terms two and three. So basketball's cancelled already. I haven't even coached a game. Been sacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even coached one game and I've been, I've been sacked. I didn't even make it. I've, I've almost been Malcolm Blighted at St Kilda. What was, what was Clive Palmer's team? <laughs> the Gold Coast. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it was wow. really challenging for me, but I now see it as an opportunity to get mm. time. So I can start preparing. You should start recruiting. That's what you need to do. I'm going to. You need to start convincing yep. other parents that they need to get their kids out there. Solid preseason, I think. That mm. would be really good. So that we're going to follow the journey of the Largs Bay Lakers over 2023. We have been following the journey of Peter Bowl, and that was big in the news yesterday, especially yesterday afternoon, where everyone was in a little bit of shock after his well, statement came out. Exactly. So for those who weren't following it, uh, Peter Bowl... Uh, was drug tested and and with that drug test is a sample. So here's a little bit of background. You um, they take a sample or you provide a sample. I think this is a urine sample. So you uh, you provide it into one vial mm-hmm. and then the the testers get you to to pour half into one test tube that's sealed and then another half into another one that's sealed. And that consists of the A sample and the B sample. So they come from the same vial. And there's nothing in each of the, the no. tests. It's literally just your sample in two just, different exactly, empty glasses. Yeah. So you do it into one glass and you split it up into two. They become the A and the B. So what happened? Uh, the A uh, test tube was tested and came back positive. So then that what they, the, the first thing that, that happens after that is they then provide you the option if you want to get, have the B sample tested. Now... I've been doing this for a little while, but I can never recall someone whose A sample is positive and their B sample is negative. But Peter, uh, to his credit, he he was very open and honest with the uh, 
um, authorities. He said, take my computer. I've never searched it. You can check the history. You can do everything. He, he pro- professed his innocence. His B sample came back yesterday and it was negative. And so that uh, is great news for Peter and great news for everyone who's a, a fan of uh, athletics because he is such a, a likable person. And, uh, and he was clearly telling the truth. But it just opens up a whole can of worms, you know, in terms of the integrity of testing. How can how can we get two different results from the same sort of sample of urine? It just it, it undermines the uh, the credibility or the the trust we have in in our drug testing labs. I think so. Apparently, it's happened twelve times worldwide in the history of drug testing, mm. and there's been a lot of. Drug, drug tests. Mm. Um, Over the journey. Yeah, which is very unusual. Um, let's have a really quick listen to Dr. Peter Brookner on Sports Day explaining what actually happened. It's a little bit unclear what, what this B sample showed. You know, initially I think we, we all thought it was uh, it was nothing and, and he was all clear. But uh, now they're saying it's an atypical finding. So uh, uh, the question is what do they mean by an atypical finding? So there's obviously some confusion um, about the, uh, the the test itself and whether it actually shows the presence of their recombinant EPO or not. So there's uh, enough doubt for them to uh, temporarily lift his suspension, but there is still, you know, concern on, on uh, Soil Integrity Australia's uh, point of view that there may be something abnormal going on. So they want to investigate it further. I can't work mm. it out. Mm. Yeah, so that's a little bit more meat to the bone there. So there's still some abnormalities, but... I feel a little bit sorry for Peter because yeah. instantly when it happened, his life gets turned upside down. You, and we all you, jump to conclusions yeah. straight away because of how how unlikely it would be mm. that the B sample yeah, would And be you're provisionally different. suspended, so everything yeah. stops. I just wonder whether maybe you do the A and the B before you, you release it to the world, yeah. potentially. I don't know. But um, it's good news, though, because he is sort of leading – what would you call it? Not a revolution, but a, a, an increased sort of presence and performance from some of our Australian track athletes, which we, we loved at the uh, the Olympic Games more recently. Uh, just quickly, Australia, our women's team need two runs in 12 deliveries to defeat Bangladesh in the ICC Women's World Cup. So that will give us the uh, two victories out of two matches. It was interesting, wasn't it? There was a couple of questions asked. Because these games have been going on while the IPL auction's been going on, they're saying they've been a huge distraction. Yeah, Sophie people Devine are, said that last yeah, night. People are looking at their phones. Yeah. How am I going with the auction? Am I an instant millionaire or not? And uh, all whilst you're trying to play... You know what is a huge tournament in in uh, in women's cricket, so I think they may be able to time that a little bit better next time around. You would think. Well, uh, Ash Gardner is facing the what looks like the final delivery of that match as well, just needing one run to win, which is fantastic for the Australians. We'd love to have a chat to you one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or send us a text two zero four two seven one five four one double six. MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group, and don't forget if you are the caller of the week, you will win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies ice flavoured milks and fresh juices a warm one today we are going for the mid 30s at 13 minutes past six it's SENSA Bix is here for 2023 good morning your local tyre power save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three get one free at tyre power everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills coming soon breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh let's go 
18 minutes past six. Big show lined up for you today too. We're going to chat with one of our mates. Pocket change mobile phone plans with mate. And when we say one of our mates, we mean um, our big boss, Craig Hutchison. Caught up with him yesterday for full transparency, Bix. And uh, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get excited about too in regards to the AFL season for both Crows and Port Adelaide fans. Tom Jonas speaking of the yes. power, the captain, and uh, from the Adelaide Crows chairman, John Olsen. A lot of big questions to ask John Olsen as well, especially with a bit more clarity on where their potential home base is going to mm. be and all the noise that's been surrounding uh, the Crows in regards to that. But this morning, we say good morning to Jace. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Yeah, very well. Jace, how are you? I'm well. I've learned this morning already. I think you learn new things every day. And I've learnt this morning why Mark Bickley was a two-time premiership <laughs> captain. It's a long bow. No. Uh, what, is it, what, did you, what did you say? The standard you walk past. <laughs> exactly. Attention Love to it. detail. Uh, you are a domestic. It was amazing individual. to watch, wasn't it? it I was. just sat back. And I'm like, I'm a clean freak as well. So watch. I feel that I fell in love. Because that was like, that was incredible to watch that. I I think tomorrow, if you wanted to win my heart again, Mark, maybe bring in some incense or a diffuser. I was just looking it, at our front window. We we face King William Street yeah. and I uh, might bring the Windex in one of our... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Imagine that. Imagine you cleaning the windows and people walking past and go, Mark Bickley's career has gone really it's, downhill it since was then. A, it was as simple as this. I wanted to get a cup of tea yeah. and I went to the dishwasher and I thought that that hadn't been turned on because every cup I looked at was dirty. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. But then I, as sort of on further inspection, there was stuff growing on there. Mate, we're not criticising you. This <laughs> no, is a great no, thing. No, no, so we I was love just it. thinking, okay. I might, I might just, so I started with getting the dishwasher working and then it was like, oh, well, I better fill it and then I'll put a few other things away. So I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up with Kim and uh, and Roach later on today and talk about that. Yeah, we'll see if we can get some sort of uh, get some sort of roster sorted out. <laughs> no, that won't happen. <laughs> uh, look, um, what I'll be doing on the socials today on SEN's socials uh, company wide, you would have seen that there's a little thing they've got up at the moment uh, where they're pitting teams of the past against each other. Mm. And I noticed that the Adelaide Crows side of 2006 was pitted against the Geelong side of 2007. Now, that should be a fairly easy decision. Even Crows supporters are saying Geelong 07 was probably the better side. Mm. But it got me thinking, uh, who was the better just, team? Just before you mm. move on, I think the Geelong 07 side, how many... Well, they won 14 in a row to get mm. to the final. Yeah. Got a feeling though, in it was either 05 or 06 when Adelaide finished on top. They won about 18 games, and their percentage at one stage was 170 at about round 18 or 19. So, like the numbers pure before the finals were quite astronomical. Yeah. Uh, so, maybe you know, clearly, when you project forward and you see where Gary Ablett Jr. ended up and some of those other great stars, there's no doubt that they probably ended up having a better personnel. But in terms of dominating a competition in 06, go look at some of the numbers. They were quite phenomenal. Mm. Kicked 30 goals against Essendon over here one time and Rashudo McLeod at their absolute prime with Goodwin and Scott Thompson and lots of others. So they had a, a cracking side, probably just missing couple of pieces up forward. Other than that, they were in pretty good nick. When you look back at that era, of course, it was West Coast and Sydney that we think of, mm. you know, 506. Yeah. The Crows were sort of the third wheel. Well, Port Adelaide, you could argue the point, were just as dominant in 0203 mm. uh, without getting the job done on the, the grandest stage of them all. So that's the question we're asking today on Twitter and early doors. It's pretty well split. Who was the better team? 
Port Adelaide 2002-03 or the Crows 05-06. So have your say on Twitter there. Um, really interesting story out of the Super Bowl. And on Scotty and Goss in WA, uh, they managed to get hold of this man, Amon from Melbourne, um, an Australian who got lucky to get to the Super Bowl in the first place and caught the ball from the winning field goal. Now, it's got me thinking, uh, I wanted to ask the question, what have you caught or secured in your time in the crowd um, that is memorabilia worthy? Let's um, have a lick, a uh, quick listen. <laughs> Let's have a lick of Amon Dixon right now. <laughs> I held on to it and I was looking around. It was just a sort of a, it was just a bizarre moment, you know. And then, um, and then I sort of was just waiting and waiting, and I was getting a lot of attention, obviously, from people around us who wanted to get photos and people facetiming and their family members and stuff. And everyone wanted to touch it. And then <laughs> one of the security guards tapped me on the shoulder and he said, I "Think it might be time that you uh, that you get out of here." So I uh, I sort of stuffed it in a bag and yeah, he sort of ushered me towards this uh, exit and uh, and then I was out of there and I went to the bar and uh, now the next day I'm sitting here talking to you guys. There you go. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, I think we're a very honest crowd here in Australia that when the ball goes into the crowd at the, the AFL, mm. we chuck it back or in the, the soccer, we just we throw it back in the cricket. I mean, imagine if every six someone ran off with the ball. They'd need to make sure they, they got the ball right in the order that but, it was. But the big bash, though, I think that we, we should do something around that. Like the baseball, home run, you get to keep the ball. Yeah. We should do something similar where, if you know, there's been, this suggestion's not mine, it's been around forever, but if you catch the ball, if you catch a six, Someone should come up and you throw it over the fence because it's part of the game because, you know, it's the third, third over or the yeah. 13th over, so you can't really stuff around with that. But they should give you, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a brand new ball just for saying, well done, you've yeah. caught it, and you go home and you put it on the wall. But this one here, this would be worth millions, you would think. It would have to be. And now he's not sure exactly how much it's worth yet, but uh, they're mm. doing some legwork on it. He was a bit nervous about how he was going to get it back home. So... Uh, he comes from San Francisco originally, and, mm. and he only just made it to the game on time. He, he got a ticket at the last minute and had to fly in from San Fran down that, that, to That's interesting, yeah, though, because remember, what was the one where, what was the retirement ball? Was it Tom Brady? Tom Brady, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then someone had it, and then he, they, the, the organisation organised to buy it back and all those things. But this one here. And then he jumped out of retirement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it does remind me, though, and, and this might be a good time to see if we can find this person, um, in the 98 grand final, uh, Peter Bell had a shot at goal, a set shot about, I think it was about the 20-minute mark of the last quarter. Uh, missed. Someone in the crowd just marked it and then got to the aisle and then just took off. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and, and ran. And back then, there wasn't a big bag of balls behind the goal. So there's about a five-minute break while the umpires are looking <laughs> at each other. What do we do? Then they had to run over to the boundary. The boundary line didn't have a spare ball. But it was like it was that, that, that couple of minutes was like a realisation. We looked up at the scoreboard and think, we're going to win this. So it was just a, a little bit of a down moment. So if you're out there somewhere, there's a 50-50 chance, I guess, it was yeah. a... It was a Crows support, well, actually better than 50% chance if it was a Crows supporter, they're going to take off. They want the footy. If you're a North Melbourne supporter, he would have put a knife in the ball. He <laughs> <laughs> would have been checking the inflation. Like the hearts of all North <laughs> Melbourne supporters. <laughs> exactly, after because they time. couldn't kick straight that day. So <laughs> you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be wanting to steal it. So if, if you do know who stole that ball or who took it, or 
Yeah, let us know. All right, you can get in touch with us. Yeah, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you are listening on the SEN app, um, the best way to get in touch is is via the app too, because you can directly press buttons which send us a text, or of course, uh, give us a buzz. We are here in SA SEN SA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Thanks, Jace. Good to be here again with you, folks. I'll go back to where I belong. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, six twenty six. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 29 minutes to 7. Happy Wednesday on the 15th of Feb in a few moments' time. Thanks to Mate Mobile. Pocket change mobile phone plans with Mate. Going to speak to Craig Hutchison. And not too far away, Tom Jonas, the captain of the Port Adelaide Football Club. If you want to ask any questions, uh, send them through on the text line 0427 We had a text already this morning, Bix. Yes, Steve sent uh, this one in. Morning, men. I don't find that amusing at all. The Fruit Tingles got lucky that day. That's uh, in reference to 1998 against North Melbourne. My boys didn't finish their work and left the door ajar for Malcolm Blight's men to run over the top. Yeah, two goals 11 in the second quarter wasn't great for North Melbourne. I still to this day don't watch a clip of that game and don't get me started on Horn Francis. Steve, you're not having a great run, but look, <laughs> rest assured you've got uh, Alistair Clarkson, you've got Todd Viney there as footy manager. I think the tide has turned for North Melbourne. We will start to see some improvement. Very big watch of this space. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Hutchie next. We help if you are the caller of the week this week, you will win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Be perfect around this time of the morning, mm. Bix. And... and- Great concept, the cricket. Uh, it is. Yeah, just the, the stumps on it, of course. One less thing you have to take to the beach. Yep. Hmm, uh, you can get involved on the app. You can send us a text or give us a call. we got one to get into before, Hutchie. Yeah, it's a really good one from Lindsay. He's talking about Peter Bowl. We were talking about Peter Bowl this morning. So for those who are just catching up, he uh, had um, a positive drug test with his A sample. His B sample uh, wasn't enough to confirm the, the positive in the A sample. And we said, this is great news. And Lindsay's pointed out, uh, morning, guys, I get the idea. Unfortunately, the integrity body aren't going to let this go with Peter. I hope I'm wrong. So what uh, I think Lindsay's saying is there's an irregularity there. They're going to keep pushing and keep trying to uh, to find or get to the bottom of it. But we uh, we wish Peter well and, um, yeah, hope it is all cleared up. If you want to uh, send us a text, 0427 it is going to be a huge year, not just on SENSA, but SEN all around the country and in New Zealand. For us here at home, uh, Crows and Power fans, you will get live and exclusive coverage of both Adelaide and Port Adelaide games. And we are talking the best insight that you can have with Crows and Power Nation alongside some of the biggest names in the game. And Bix and I are stoked to be part of the family this year. We do need to thank our big boss who is on the line with us right now, Craig Hutchison. Hutchie, thanks for joining us on SENSA. Uh, we still have jobs. Jared, great start. Well done, mate. It's fantastic to have yourself and Mark Bickley on our airwaves. An honour for us. And welcome to the SEN SA family and the SEN family. And yeah, look forward to a fantastic year of local content in South Australia. What can you tell us about this local content with Crows and Power Nation? We know how good the coverage has been over the past couple of years, but we get to have our own stamp of it here locally each game. Yeah, it's really exciting. We haven't, uh, for all of our um, our broadcast platforms over the last six years, it's a little known fact that we haven't actually been able to broadcast 
Crows and Power Games into South Australia on our own station, SNSA, of course. SNSA hadn't begun when we originally did the deal, so the deal didn't allow for it in the first place. So huge honour this year to be calling the Crows games and the Power Games home and away. Crows Nation and Power Nation will be our two brands, and we'll get behind both teams, and we'll give you an insight into both of them, probably like you haven't hopefully had before with some fantastic identities involved. But it'll be more than that, and you've been a pioneer in, in the digital space and in social media, Jared, and remain unbelievably connected to your own audience. This will be a chance to get content on both teams uh, served to your phone when you want it. You can follow both of them on Twitter, Crows Nation and Power Nation. There'll be seven-day-a-week opportunities to follow that content. And you also get them on TikTok. So all the content we make, all the discussion we have on both teams will be curated into the Crows Nation and Power Nation Twitter handles. You're seeing that as early days of that start to drift through as we just uh, give a little bit of a taste test and whet the appetite. But like, it's a real... Um, opportunity for us to pioneer and, um, and distribute content in hopefully in a really objective manner about both teams. Everyone has a different opinion. That's the great thing about footy. Uh, the clubs themselves understandably have to be a little um, self-promoting in their content, whereas we can be a little bit a little bit more, not discerning, but just a little bit uh, more even even spread. And I think that's the opportunity for us. And, and on top of like streaming your show live onto the SCNSA app, which is the only market in Australia we do that, um, and also um, you know, the, the Kimbo and Roach and others. I think it's you know, we want to be really aggressive in the way we distribute content in South Australia. And how do you see both of our teams performing this year? The Crows have announced Jordan Dawson as their skipper after one season at the club, Port Adelaide. Um, it's make or break with some of their recruits as well, bringing in Junior Rioli and Jason Horn francis So Ken Hinckley wants to win a flag and keep coaching the club. From your perspective, Hutchie, how do you see both teams going into 2023? Well, I love the Dawson move. I think it's progressive, 25 Adding him to the leadership group mid last year was a nice move, wasn't it? It was a chance to kind of set the tone that there was winds of change in play. And I love the fact that he's a skipper. I think uh, Matthew Nix is going to do it his way, and that's what you need to be brave enough to do. Gee, Port, I saw Kim Hinkley yesterday. He was in our Melbourne office, and the, um, they've got great momentum, uh, Port, pre-season. Uh, Horn Francis, I'm like everyone I'm intrigued in. It's going to be such a story, whatever happens this year. I like the moves they made. Tell you what, I, I think South Australian fans that are not that anyone listens to my opinion, Jared, you'll quickly learn out. But <laughs> I think um, South Australian fans have got great reason to be optimistic about the improvement in both clubs. Put it this way: there was a um, one of those sliders and risers competitions that I was in the other day at a at a social event, and I had Adelaide as my big riser, my silver bullet. So I think they'll improve the most position in the ladder of any team. Before we let you go, uh, I'm a big NBL fan, as you know. I've seen you at a couple of Adelaide 36ers matches. The last time I saw you, it didn't go the way that we wanted because your Perth Wildcats got the job done. We're both disappointed with the way that our season's finished. Um, I'm not one of those people that likes to bask in uh, other seasons' uh, commiserations. However, do you think that... Adelaide season and Perth season is just a reflection of how close this competition is and, and any result that doesn't go your way can really impact what happens around playoffs time? Well, first of all, congratulations to Grant on what he's built with the 36ers and congratulations to you on the match day experience you built because that was the best season um, off court, I think, for Adelaide ever. Like, the mm. crowds were fantastic. The mood was awesome. The vibe sensational. And I had uh, big, big ticks on the growth of the club. Well done. Um, yeah, look, it's hard now. There was eight. I mean, the sixth, seventh, and eighth teams in the end 
were the South East Melbourne Phoenix had a fantastic season. Melbourne United at seventh, who finished the year better than anyone. And Adelaide eighth, who had a you know tremendous season, it must be said, and win the season of the last game and finished eighth to ten. That gives you an idea of how deep the NBL bats now. Um, everyone will need to get better. It'll create competition in the off season. Certainly in Perth, we're disappointed with where we finished. And you know, I think it'll be it bodes well for next year. So uh, how good is the, the NBL? It is very exciting. It's it's bittersweet watching the playoffs, but it gets me pumped up for next season as well. Craig, thank you so much for your time on SENSA. Of course, you can listen to Hutchie and Damo on the Sounding Board podcast, as well as all of the other SEN products. Uh, we appreciate your time, and um, thank you very much for trusting us to guide the listeners into their mornings each week. We're loving it at the moment, mate. Welcome aboard. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 12 minutes to 7. Good morning, Adelaide. Mark Bickley is here in 2023, and we are here thanks to Tire Power. Big holiday sale now on. If you want to get involved in the show, we'd love to hear your voices. 1-300-736-736. We're going to speak to Ange very soon, who has some feedback about my coaching career, which is going to be fantastic, Bixar. Let's get into a sports update. The SENSA Breakfast Sports Update. Okay, Sports Integrity Australia has said it is still investigating Australian Olympian Peter Boll despite his provisional suspension for doping being lifted. Boll said he was cleared of doping allegations after his B sample did not match his A sample. However, respected sports and exercise physician uh, Dr Peter Bruckner explained to SEN listeners yesterday that it's still a little unclear what exactly the result of Boll's B sample means. It's a little bit unclear what what this B sample showed. You know, initially I think we, we all thought it was uh, it was nothing, and, and he was all clear. But uh, now they're saying it's an atypical finding. So uh, uh, the question is, what do they mean by an atypical finding? So there's obviously some confusion um, about the, uh, the the test itself and whether it actually shows the presence of their recombinant EPO or not. So there's uh, enough doubt for them to uh, temporarily lift his suspension. But there is still, you know, concern on uh, Sport Integrity Australia's uh, point of view that there may be something abnormal going on. So they want to investigate it further. Mm, so it sounds like that's still got a little way to play out. Let's uh, turn to Formula One. McLaren has admitted that it's not entirely happy with all aspects of its new Formula One car, but hopes early season upgrades can help it address any shortcomings. Uh, the the Woking-based team unveiled its new MCL60 at its factory on Monday evening. The car features some bold aerodynamic steps compared to its 2022 Challenger, including a much more aggressive side pod solution. So taking over from Daniel Ricciardo will be number two driver and fellow Aussie, uh, Oscar Piastri, who said he's excited to be taking a place on the grid in a special milestone year for his new team. Uh, no, I'm just feeling inspired, obviously, 60th year for McLaren. Um, so, yeah, you know, I can look at a, a lot of history there, a lot of winning history. Um, I'm just excited to be on the grid finally and uh, in Papyrus as well. So I'm just looking forward to getting out there and getting stuck in. Yep. Uh, I'm a Melbourne boy, so I grew up about 10 minutes away from the track, so it's uh, really a home race for me. So I'm looking forward to, to getting home. Um, Vegas as well, I think that's everyone's uh, wish list. So, yeah, those two. I like Spa as well as the track, so I'm looking forward to going back there. But uh, I think all of the races will be pretty cool. There's a lot of them this year. 
Yeah, a lot of people are going to watch Oscar and see how he goes. Hopefully the car holds up for him. And the Aussie women's T20. Uh, Australia had a game today. They defeated Bangladesh by eight wickets. Jared, they were very comfortable. Yep, Meg Lanning, 48 not out off 49 deliveries. Ash Gardner as well, the money woman mm. of Australian cricket, um, 19 off 20. And Alyssa Healy at the top. 37 of 36, so they are 2-0 and zero at the moment. Of course, they'd be going in favourites as the best team in the world, apart from that hiccup against Ireland a few days ago. But um, no, that's very good. Also, there's Champions League action on today. We'll keep you updated when the teams do score. Some big matches as well in the round of 16. So this is the first leg mm. of two. Um, PSG are taking on Bayern Munich and AC Milan are taking on Tottenham. Both of those matches kick off at 7 o'clock, so in about eight minutes. You're going to have to educate me on the Champions League a little bit because I you have a rough idea but don't follow it closely. Who would be favourite for that? Would PSG with their players, would they be the favourite in yeah, that? Yeah, I, I would think so with a fully fit squad and everybody being available. And mm. because now they're at the round of 16, you would think Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, which I think is hilarious. You know, the first time that Leo Messi and um, Kylian Mbappe get to meet again after mm. <laughs> Mbappe's defeated in the World Cup. But um, they're the big money team. But um, I think Champions League is such a... Uh, an unpredictable tournament where, of course, everybody wants to take part in it and win. Um, on Wednesday of next week, the, the big one everyone's talking about is Liverpool and Real Madrid. Mm. That's going to be huge. So uh, we're on air during all of those matches. Right. So if I sound distracted, that's because we've got about 15 televisions here um, at SN Studio Lumo, SA powered by Lumo and GSA. So well, I'm not going to be focusing. I'm going to follow it closely. I'm going to get into it. And yeah. I'm going to ride on the back of your coat. Did you get into it after the World Cup, though, following a bit of the football? Because yes. I felt that everybody uh, fell in love with football again in their own way. Well, we did. We I've got two boys, 10 and 13, and we were up early watching uh, all the games. My youngest son is right into uh, footy, actually. So when I say footy, the world game, football, um, and he loves it. And so, yeah, I've got a bit of a special interest because he's um, really enjoying watching footy. Do they have an interest in participating or are they very much AFL-focused? Um, they're playing afl but um, when I say they're interested, he, he's just got an interest because he plays FIFA a lot. Yes. And there's lots of other stuff on YouTube where uh, you, you know, you're watching the games. So, yeah. so he knows every player from everywhere. So I'm blown away. Like during the World Cup, he knew every player playing. A lot of people get their interest through video games. Yeah. And I was very much like that with, with basketball and with, similar, with football too. Yeah, with basketball as yeah. well. But what is interesting in basketball... <laughs> Once again, I don't play a lot of video games, but you can pick your team and you can pick, you know, the Lakers' best ever team. Correct. He's, you know, he knows all about Will Chamberlain and <laughs> Magic Johnson, <laughs> which for a 10-year-old is really rather interesting. So, yeah, look, it's educational for the young people of the world. Give us a buzz, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A big shout-out and good morning all the way in Port Augusta. Morning, John. Johnny, you there? Johnny. Yeah, hello. Hey, good day. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, uh, Bitch, uh, uh, welcome to Mighty SN, mate. Good to have you on board. Oh, thank you very much. How have you been? Yeah, fine, thanks. Had a good summer, so yeah, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I've never asked you this, and mm. I've, 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 who was, who, I mean, splitting hairs and they're different types, I understand that. Who'd you pick? Yeah, the draft. You got Mark Richie, we're going the best of the best that you played with. Mm-hmm. Mark Richie and Andrew McLeod, who would you pick? Yeah, look, I get asked this question a lot. And um, it, they're, they're, 
they're different types of players, of course. Uh, the only thing that I think you can use to separate them. Firstly, I describe one as a sledgehammer and one as a scalpel. So they're different. <laughs> you know, depending on what you want, depending on which tool you pick. But I think the the differentiator differentiator for me was um, Andrew McLeod's ability to do it on the biggest stage. So two grand finals, he was the best player both times. We played in the night grand final. He won the uh, the Michael Tuck medal in the prelim final against the Bulldogs in 98. He kicked seven goals and was probably our best player. So there's four or five of the biggest games that the club ever played, and he was able to get the best out of himself. Now, um, that's not to say Rue didn't do it because he had – Lots of big games in showdowns and, and all those different things and finals. But uh, Andrew's ability to do it on the biggest stage, I think, you know, like you said, we're splitting hairs, but that's probably one of the differentiators, I think. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny, of course, goes into the running to win that cricket stump. Esky filled with nippies, iced flavoured milks and fresh juices as well. So you can keep the calls coming in. one 736 736 Not too far away, we are going to be speaking to Tom Jonas, the captain of the Port Adelaide Footy Club and their, their leadership group announced with Ollie Wines and Darcy Byrne-Jones well, being involved. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Tom has stood up. You look at all the, the changes this year, of course, in the captaincy. Geelong, the new captain, Adelaide, a new Captain Frio, North Melbourne. There's others uh, potentially Essendon, maybe we don't know. But Tom Jonas is he's uh, been voted back in again. No surprise, I I don't suspect. But uh, great leader and big things expected for Port Adelaide this year. Interesting here. Ken Hinckley speak on Sports Day earlier this week about the four umpire system, which has been trialled in the Northern Territory over the past couple of weeks. This is what Ken had to say. I think it's good. We've only had one opportunity for the four umpires because in South Australia we don't have all the umpires, as many umpires as there is here in Victoria. So we had four out there the other day. I think some of the challenges will be uh, are, are they able to position themselves in the right spot? I think the end zone, as, as, as I think they're trying to call them, each, each zone of the ground, each defensive 50 forward 50 keep an eye on that I watched them in action the other day actually and uh, mm. it's a bit like the coaches we say watch your areas and stay in your areas it's very hard not to get hypnotised by that red thing <laughs> <laughs> even for umpires I reckon they. what do you think Bix are we over umpiring or is it going to be a good thing I think it's going to be a good thing um, I, there will be a um, a period where we have to get everyone up to speed. That's and that's two people. That's one the uh, the supporters and the fans because they're the most important people in the game. But secondly, we've got to build the umpire base. You know, there's a lot of discussion around umpire depth and do we have enough really good umpires. I think we're going to go through this period where we're going to have to put a lot of en- energy and effort into training the extra umpires. But the beauty of this and the reason they're doing it is because once you have them trained. They can stay in the game longer. They don't have to run 15Ks a game, mm. you know, high speed, because this is the one thing I know. This is not about umpiring. It's about everything. When you are stuffed, you make poor decisions. Definitely, And, and yeah. so if you don't have to run as much, that's, that's a massive tick towards later in the game, you're not as fatigued, so you can make better decisions. And the second thing is you make good decisions when you're in good position. When umpires make poor decisions, you go back and look. They're either guessing because their, their view is blocked or – they're 50 metres away. If they're, as Ken described it, in the end zones and they're 15 metres away from a big fullback and Charlie Dixon and they're wrestling, if you're 15 metres away and just watching that, you can make a really solid decision. If you're running trying to keep up with the ball and you're trying to, to uh, you know, whilst you're running and bouncing around trying to see if someone's being held, it's really difficult. So I think on the balance, 
that this will be, we'll look back upon this as a good decision. I was fatigued watching you clean the SEN kitchen this morning before we went on the air. Yeah, But you think about how big the, the ground is. I'm just going to move straight past that. Um, <laughs> We got to talk to Ange. Basketball, basketball <laughs> has two referees, and it's on a you know it's a much yeah. smaller uh, area. You know, you saw the NFL the other day. How many how many referees do they have? Or well, there's there's three in basketball, but it's it's amazing to watch them work in a circle basically. And you're right, it is the the surface area, which is um, mm. I I think you're right. The more fatigued you are, the more likely you are to um probably have your decisions um altered a little bit. On one three hundred seven three six seven three six before we go to the news morning, Ange. Morning, guys. How are you? Very good, thank you. What a brush of fresh air every morning now, guys. It's good to hear you back together again. Well, thank you, Ange. That's okay. Hey, just a quick one. Um, Jared, I think you need to do a bit of training up and Bix can back me up. I've coached a lot of junior sport, mate. Parental behaviour, that's a really good uh, course to do before you start your coaching. Mm. Jared, how, how are you going to go with that when someone comes up to you uh, after the game and says, um, I just need to have a chat because Jill only played... 11 minutes. and Go find another team, Jill. <laughs> and your daughter, Rain, played 12 and a half minutes. I think the biggest challenge, Bix and Angie, is what I'm going to find is that do I need to be that parent that if there's seven kids mm-hmm. and five start, do I start my daughter on the bench because of the look of favouritism? Mm. That's what I'm concerned about, and I'm happy to do that. No, nah, you've nah, you got to swing them around, mate. You've got to change it all around. Mm. Yeah, well, well, I'll try. I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. The, the stage mums and dads, the parents who think I'm going to be responsible for their kids getting drafted. Look, my biggest concern <laughs> is we get the handshakes right and we have some fun. That's what I want to do to start off with and start learning the fundamentals of let's not worry about being results driven. Let's mm. just enjoy it and make friends. I think what you should do, because you know how to play basketball, you should. I look like I dress like I do. <laughs> you should teach the basketball. Then recruit one of the mums and dads that don't know much about basketball, but get that are good at spreadsheets. Get them get into a roster of who starts each week. Okay. You know, every five minutes, these people come off, these people go on. People people are really good at that. So get yeah. someone who's got a bent for that, and then you just have to focus on on the basketball playing. Yeah, okay. So I just I just empower a team below me and I'll just be the That's big it. decision Find maker. Find someone who's an accountant or a financial planner, <laughs> someone good with numbers, and they will work it out for you. I love that. Ange, thank you so much for listening and getting in touch with the show. If you want to give us a call, one 736 736 Our guests not too far away, Tom Jonas from the Port Adelaide Football Club and John Olsen from the Adelaide Crows. It's just after 7 o'clock. Good morning. Talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! It's going to be a very hot one today across South Australia. 35 degrees, 38 on Thursday and 29 on Friday. Perfect conditions Friday night for the Port Adelaide intra-club trial at Albany. Um, All of the proceeds of the ticket sales going to split charities uh, on behalf of the Port Adelaide Football Club too. We can talk to Tom Jonas, the skipper, about that very soon. If you have any questions you want us to ask Tommy, you can send them through on the text line 0427 154 166. We are here thanks to Mourn Team. MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. It is time for this. Agenda! Daily Agenda Bix, there's a lot to talk about too. Yes, let's start with Tim Watson. He is concerned that increased player training and movement between clubs 
we'll see fans alienated. This is in regards to uh, what happens in the NBA. Yeah, let's have a listen to Tim. You know, the one thing that they weren't talking about over there, because what? it's gone past them even thinking that this is important in their game. What? They weren't talking about the fans. Not one of the people that I listen to on podcasts, and these are all the most senior, important people on podcasts and on TV, on ESPN. I'll get to that in a minute. They, not one of them was talking about the effect it has on the well, fan, Because right? they've been anaesthetised. That's exactly right, though. Mm. Right? So for the fan, they don't care. Like, no. they just think, oh, no, it's all about the player, it's about the player, it's about the player. Let's hope and pray, Gary. Let's hope and pray that we never, ever get to that stage with our game well, here. The AFL wants to encourage more movement. I know they do, but you've got to be so careful about that, don't you? You do. Mm. Mm. It's an interesting one. Can I can I break that down for what Gary and Tim were talking about? So um, for uh, the NBA fans, it's been one of the biggest player movements over the past seven days when it comes to the trade period. So two of the biggest names in the NBA. Yes. Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. Kevin Durant mm-hmm. traded to the Phoenix Suns. Both of those players have left the Brooklyn Nets where – Almost 12 months ago, they were deemed championship favourites mm. because they had those two players alongside Ben Simmons mm. and now Brooklyn. Our boy as well. Our boy. Mm. So Brooklyn looking like they're doing a rebuild now and doing a bit of a salary dump. Mm. This morning, before coming into our studios here at Studio Lumo, I've gone to wear a T-shirt to wear in this morning and you can see it on the camera. <laughs> yeah. I now cannot wear a T-shirt that says Brooklyn Durant. Because he doesn't play for them anymore. So that T-shirt within... Well, you could, but you would look stupid. Exactly. And I'm OCD with that stuff. Mm. I can't wear memorabilia or a T-shirt of a player that no longer plays for mm. that team. So that's how quickly the player movement happens. Yes. And so I can understand what they're saying in regards to merchandising. Mm. What do you do with all of those T-shirts and jerseys? But I also love player movement in sport. I think it's something that players need to have a bit more control of, even though... In the NBA, they just there were players who literally were warming up during their match, and they said, "You can't warm up anymore. You've yeah, just been gone. traded." Yeah, it looks an interesting one, isn't it? Because the the bit that Tim and Gary left out was what happens when Isaac Rankin arrives at Adelaide or Justin Horn Francis, Jason mm. Horn Francis, Justin's his brother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Longmuir is coming up. Uh, Jason Horn Francis comes to Port Adelaide, or uh, you know, you know, there's Darren Jarman comes to Adelaide, or you know, Gavin Wanganeen returns to Port Adelaide. Mm. So there's all those great stories as well, and there's teams that that uh, that go up the ladder or maintain their position. Look at Geelong. How many players came from different clubs? So there's astute trading that elongate the career of Isaac Smith and and write a new chapter for him. Whereas Hawthorne, they wanted just to say, "I'll oh, get rid of you. You're too old. We're gonna we're heading in a different direction." So player movement. Uh, is is a vital part of our game. But I get what Tim's saying. We don't want it to be just a ring a ring a rosy where players play for six or seven clubs. Heard Ben Graham talking about mm. his career and how he had three teams in you know, one season. Now, that's just ridiculous. So- well, what's happened with Kyrie Irving at the Dallas Mavericks? As he, he has six months until he becomes a free agent. Mm. So Dallas now have six months to either, either sell themselves yeah. to him mm. or he might be leaving anyway. So they might go, let's get a championship out of him mm. and then he's going to sign with another organisation anyway and then we don't have to worry about his salary. So that's it's a different world where we're so unfamiliar with how that works because of salary restrictions and contracts here in Australia. But it's slowly growing with free agency mm. and 
already before the season started here in the AFL, we're talking about who the free agents are yeah, in the right. competition and who's going to be going where. So we love the drama, I think. Yeah, no doubt. And Trade Radio has proven that on this very station, how much people get into it. Their knowledge is just getting you know, far more complex and, and they love it. And it provides hope for teams that finish in the bottom half of the, of the ladder. Let's have a listen to Justin Longua from Frio, who was talking about Brennan Cox and the injury. Infection looks like it's cleared up. The swelling is going on top of the swelling. And now it's just about making sure, yeah, we don't put him out there too early and put him at risk of injuring some other part of his body. Ah, oh, well, it happened outside. He had a uh, skateboarding incident which um, was not ideal, but, yeah, it wasn't serious. We need to work out whether a skateboarding incident is whether he was going somewhere like on the e-scooters outside here on King William or he was on a half pipe. I think there's a big difference, right? <laughs> exactly. He had a graze. Yeah. Uh, that's effectively what happened. He's fallen off his skateboard or maybe he's got young kids. He walked out and trod on the skateboard yeah. And, went, yeah. and went up, you know, uh, over. But... Clearly, or the most likely event was that he was doing some skateboarding. He's probably going down the road or whatever, or he's going to a skate park and done something. It's Is it ideal? Probably not at this time of the year, but look, players have to live and there's a balance. And so um, if you take away all these things that, that give people release and and they, that they enjoy, then football or whatever profession you're doing just becomes a grind. And then when you're mentally not fresh, you don't perform to your best. So it's a balancing act. So you, if if by going skateboarding for an hour, you know, every week or so is a release and it, and it fills your bucket and it makes you feel good and that allows you then to be refreshed and, and bounce into uh, the Fremantle Dockers and play good footy, then it's 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 well done. It, and it's, it's definitely worthwhile. Uh, but Justin Longmuir sounds like he's taking it with a pinch of salt. As long as your coach understands it and is aware of it and the club is aware of it and they say, yes, we're happy to balance out the uh, the, the, the mental and, and the refreshment aspect of it with the potential for injury, well, that's fine. So, How far do we want to go, though? I mean, if we're looking too deeply into it, there's a lot of players at our clubs here. Rory Sloan, Travis Boak, they love having surf. a surf. Mm. So they could fall and hit rocks or a reef mm. or – be attacked by a shark mm. as like the most dramatic thing. They're putting their their safety at risk by doing what is seemed as living their lives too. Mm. And, you know, what if you want to ride a bike? You know, bikes, are, if you're riding not on a, a bike path, they're really dangerous in, yeah. in traffic because you don't, you don't control who's driving around you. Um, so there's a lot of things that, that uh, you can have an accident with. And, and similarly, if you've got kids, what's the most likely thing to happen? You're going to probably pick up some sort of lurgy three or four times a year if yeah. you have childcare and all. So what do you do? Don't spend time with your kids. How far do we take this? And and so that's why you got to strike a balance. And and that's why you have a discussion with your coach and you build relationships. The coach would understand the things that that you're into and that you like, and he would make a good call on whether he thinks that's a good thing for you or that's something you need to curtail. But I don't think there's never a blanket rule. There's never. There's never one thing where you can say you can't do this and we have a big list of things that you can't do. I just don't think that works. We are here thanks to Tyre Power Selected Kumo Tires at 25% off. We did have a text coming through on 0427154166. That one's um having a crack at me because it says, Jared, you better not wear your Jordan and Pippin Bulls tops again. Mm. I can promise you one thing. Yeah. You will not see me in a Jordan or Pippin Bulls top. Just won't happen. You won't see it. Not done. It's not. No, it just doesn't happen. Why not? 
I just don't wear them. Because they went and played for another club. What about when they finish, though? Shouldn't it be all bets off? And let's just go back to what, when we look at Michael Jordan, when mm. we look at him at one club. Yes, who the did, Washington who? Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You definitely won't see me wearing them, though. And, and that's an interesting point, though, because this is what I uh, worry about with some players that, that end up playing at different clubs. I'm really lucky because my club is Adelaide. And if you talk to players, like if you talk to uh, Darren Jarman, he would most likely say Adelaide was his club because that's where yes. he pr- provided, you know, had huge history there with his performances in the grand final and others that played for different clubs. You know, Scott Thompson, for example, started at, at uh, the Melbourne Footy Club. Nathan Bassett's another one. They would all say they're Adelaide people because it all happened at Adelaide. Mm. You know, some players, if you play three years at this club, then you go and play two or three years at this club, then you, you finish your career at another club. Where do you truly, where does your heart lie? Where's your belonging? And I think sometimes you can become a bit of a, a footy nomad and you don't really belong anywhere. And I think that's a bit sad if that's how you feel at the end of your career. Look at Brian Lake. He's probably more remembered for his premierships at uh, Hawthorne than his big career at the Western Bulldogs. So mm. we can continue talking about that. Keep the text coming in 0427-154-166 from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Tom Jonas joins us next. Today, everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's- at 19 minutes past seven, going to be a really warm day today and warm end of the week. Heating up at Alberton as well. Friday night is the internal trial where all of the Port Adelaide supporters get to have a look at the boys for the very first time with much anticipation over names such as Junior Rioli and Jason Horn francis and a big week for the club where the captain and leadership group was announced. Fantastic to have the skipper of the Port Adelaide Football Club on the line with us right now. Tom Jonas, morning. Tommy, congratulations once again. G'day, boys. How you going? Yeah, and thank you very much. Yeah, uh, coming into your fifth season, Tom, it's it's been an interesting year. I was just looking at the amount of captains that have turned over. There's at least six clubs who have changed their skipper, but you've stood tall. You're clearly comfortable in the position, and it's not too much of a burden for you. Yeah, absolutely not. I think it was more about um, the club and the direction they wanted to go and the playing group and whether they were comfortable with me, me at the helm. I was... Never going to say no to the opportunity to lead the, the boys again. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having a big 2023 with the group. Well, let's start with your own personal form. Um, Fitness-wise, I, I watched you late last year. I, I, I'm just to sound your body like a cannonball. You, you're a bit undersized in terms of height compared to some of the players that you play on, but you're so courageous. How is your body uh, sort of measuring up and... I guess you really look forward to the break, and have you come back and refreshed and ready to go again? Yeah, personally, I probably wasn't um, pumped with the year I was able to put out in the park, and as a leader, that's the first thing you want to do is tick mm. that box. But um had a really good break and probably managed a little bit more as one of the senior players now over pre-season, but feeling as good as I've felt for you know a few years and have enjoyed this pre-season as much as any I've ever done, so... I'm really looking forward just to getting out there Friday night firstly, but then playing some um, proper proper opposition over in Perth. Let's talk about that. If you've enjoyed it as much as you can remember, what, what are some of the, the subtleties that they change just to keep it fresh? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's a real purpose around everything we're doing, whether it's the craft in the afternoons um, or you know the, the craft and lines um, during training, but also the way that the young boys have just sort of made the club their own. It's not been driven as much by the senior boys. There's a whole new crop coming through, lifting the standard and training really hard. And 
uh, treating it like their club, which bodes well for the future. Before we focus on a couple of players, what's it been like having Josh Carr back at the club and the impact that he's had straight away this preseason? Yeah, I love Carr. He's a class operator and um, obviously went pretty well over in Frio for the last couple of years. And so it's really interesting to get a different dynamic and perspective. And he's really thorough and has a great attention to detail. So it's good to have him back. Um, Matt sent us in a text. He wants to know uh, who you think out of Sin, Mead, McKenzie and Clurie do you believe are a lock for round one? So that's a text from Matt. Yeah, geez, that's a... Um, it's, a it's a motley crew, isn't it? They're not all the jostling for one spot. Well, let, I, let, I let's, I'll, say, I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down for you. Probably the one that, yeah. yeah, sorry, Josh Sin, tell us about him. Yeah, so... So Josh came over um, highly touted. Um, he's a very talented, good young kid. He just had a really unfortunate run with his body. So um, he's had a couple of groin operations. that hasn't got a good run at it. And now I think he might have like a little bit of hammy soreness. So for him, it's just about continuity and getting going and getting some confidence back. And, um, you know, he'll build into the year. He should be right for round one. But given he hasn't played much footy, um, he'll probably build in. Um, just, just before you move really on, just before you move on yep. that, because we haven't seen a lot of Josh, I've seen a little bit of him in his draft year. Just explain to the Port fans about some of the, his top end attributes, because we haven't seen a lot of him. But boy, he's impressive when he does get up and running. Yeah, absolutely. He's probably sort of an underrated height. He probably, you know, he sits at just above one ninety, but he's a really rangy, sort of speedy um, winger. He's got a. Uh, a driving left foot, um, and also very agile. So, you know, he's one of those blokes that can play half-back or wing, and when he fills out, can maybe go inside as well. Mm. Yeah, um, Mead is the other one that I think everyone's been impressed with when they've seen him in small doses, but just had a few roadblocks along the way. How's his pre-season been? Yeah, that's it. He's got a pretty good run to this pre-season. He's been really sharp. But I think the thing about Mead is he gives himself every possible opportunity to He's super professional. Um, he's sort of grown up around that environment. So I've liked what he's done. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of a squeeze for spots in the midfield with, you know, Horn Francis coming over and Rose, Rosie and Bud are spending more time in there. So that's going to be an interesting one too and we'll see how that pans out. We know that Robbie Gray is irreplaceable, but I'm sure having a look at the boys on the track in pre-season, it gets you excited that... They're all fully fit and ready to go. We're hoping that Orazio Fantasia has an injury-free season. Um, Junior Rioli looks like he's the fittest he's ever been. So for yourself as captain, to see a squad with minimal injury concerns, it's, it's happening at the right time of the year, Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you always try and keep a lid on it until they're right out on the park and um, you're getting some results. But it certainly is exciting. I mean, like you said, we're not going to get a like-for-like Robbie replacement, but if we can get... Uh, we can spread the load, get a little bit out of Junior, a little bit out of Raz and um, continue to develop some of the young boys. I think we'll be able to cover um, the big absence of Rob. And uh, one final one, Tom. Uh, often for young players over the pre-seasons, their big opportunity to put on some size and change their body shape. Who would be some of the players on the back end of the list that we haven't seen since last year that we, we might notice some body change? Yeah, I think um, like naturally the young Ruckman, so Dante Vizantini, is working really hard in the gym. Jake Pusini, who was probably up in line for around a, a debut early last year until he did his ACL. Mm. So he's spent a 
plenty of time in the uh, the strong room. So there are a couple <laughs> of the younger blokes, um, but all of them have been working pretty hard. And I mean, it's just sort of that organic growth. Just it's just time, really. You just need to get in there for two or three or four seasons to get that sort of men, man's body. Just before we let you go, um, two more from us. Uh, are you surprised that we haven't asked a question about Jason Horn Francis? And is this the first radio interview that you've done where <laughs> the people haven't asked a question about him? Yeah, well done. I think that that is the first. And I mean, you, you probably know what my answer would have been, or you've seen it for yourself. So, um, thank otherwise, you. Otherwise, get down on Friday night and have a look. And the next one, which you'll like even better, is that incredible port that you and Brad released via Hey Diddle still available to purchase? Because that's the best port I've ever had. Yeah, it honestly is a good drop. I reckon a lot of it's sitting on the mantelpiece or in a cupboard somewhere. Um, but yeah, if you actually crack it, it goes down a treat. So thanks for that little plug. Uh, well, you are more than welcome. Hey, all the best. Congratulations <laughs> to yourself, Ollie and DBJ. We're looking forward to seeing you on Friday night at Alberton. Um, the real stuff begins really soon, and uh, the Port fans are really excited to hopefully start the season better than last year. But, of course, um, there's a lot of expectation, and there's no better person to lead the club. So thanks for your time, Tom Jonas. Uh, absolutely. Cheers, boys. Have a good day. Yeah, there you go, Tom Jonas. And he is old-school Port Adelaide. I know yeah. he's a Norwood boy, <laughs> but in terms of uh, typifying what Port Adelaide stand for. He's selfless. He uh, goes in hard and he demands respect. So uh, sounds pretty buoyant about his own prospects this year in terms of his form and also the uh, the Port Adelaide Footy Club. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Brand sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 27 minutes to 8 on this Wednesday morning. The caller of the week will win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. If you just missed it, we caught up with the captain of the Port Adelaide Football Club, Tom Jonas. We'll chuck that on the podcast. And after the news, the chair of the Adelaide Football Club, John Olsen. Elected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 23 minutes to 8, a warm one today, 35, 38 tomorrow, calling down on Friday. It is SENSA Breakfast. Mark Bickley is here officially in 2023. Uh, also some great news, Bix, before we go to our next guest. I've just seen on social media. I'm very excited. Yes. And this is sports related and mm. entertainment related as well. So there's the S and the E in SEN. Um, Ted Lasso, new season starts very soon in a few weeks. Have you watched Ted Lasso? I have. Love Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, just just the concept of it is great, I yeah. know, and and it's fun, obviously. But um, and yeah, looking forward to it. Fifteenth of March, apparently, that will start. Fifteenth so. of March. The other thing that's coming up is Drive to Survive, twenty fourth of Feb. Yes. I'm not sure if you're a fan of that, but I am. And uh, once again, we talked about uh, Piastri having his first drive, another Australian in the uh, the Formula One scene, and of course, um, we'll, we'll be able to watch all the drama from last year as well. So lots of stuff going on. Uh, on If you're a sports fanatic and you've got Foxtel and some of those other streaming services, there's uh, some Netflix, there's some great opportunities there. Get a lot of big things happening for the Adelaide Football Club. Uh, on Saturday, it was announced their new skipper, Jordan Dawson, will be leading the team into 2023. But there's a lot going on off the field as well. We thought we would go to the man who has all the information, and that is the chair of the Adelaide Football Club, Mr. John Olsen. John, good morning. 
Morning, guys. Good to be with you. Thanks, John. Day two for you. Yes, for me. Day two for me. I'm like a new school child yes. starting school. Hey, um, John, <laughs> we've seen uh, just more recently, in the last day or so, you've, you've caught up with some of the key stakeholders around the uh, in the West Torrens area with your new site at Thebiton. What's the latest there? Now, I saw you've made some subtle changes to the design. Yes, the uh, design has moved uh, for the second oval on King's Remove. Uh, King's Reserve has moved to the east and I think that's freed up about uh, an additional 30 metres from uh, the western boundary which once again gives greater uh, retention of uh, tree cover during uh, through that area. So we're working with the council in this uh, uh, master plan advisory group. We've made a number of adjustments over the last 18 months or two years in discussions with council and we continue to work through that process with the local community now. Are you getting close to finalising a, a final sort of design so that you can maybe get on with it? Yep, that's the, uh, that's the objective. Um, hopefully by about the end of March, uh, we'll come to a final design following consultation. We've got a website up where people can go on that website, have a look, make comment on it. Uh, we've reached out into the local community. We've got this consultative group uh, with the council. Uh, that's uh, had two meetings now, the last one on Monday night. There'll be a couple of more meetings through to the end of March when hopefully we'll get a compromise outcome as um, best we can, meeting and responding to some of the input from the local community. Has this Clearly, it looks like it's taken a lot longer than what you had envisaged. Um, are you still? How how frustrating has it been? And are you still pumped and and as uh, I guess enthusiastic about getting this done as what you were when you started this journey? You know, years ago now. Yeah, well, it is. Um, it's a bit over two years mm. uh, that we've been on this journey, and uh, the. Look, perseverance pays, and we'll work our way through this. We want to be seen as good neighbours. We want to accommodate uh, suggestions from the local community as best we can. But we've got to get this new headquarters in place. And one of the concerns that I have is the delays equals increase in the cost. Mm. And therefore, we've got to be very mindful of that in this process. Okay, let's talk about on-field performance. Uh, you clearly uh, get an opportunity to talk to Matthew Nix. Uh, are you happy with where the team is at at this stage of the year? Yes. Uh, look, Nixie's a good coach for us. He's the right man in the right job for us. Uh, the culture that he's established uh, amongst the playing group where they turn up enthusiastic rather than turning up, it's just a job. And that culture that uh, I see at the club is really uh, an outstanding feature brought by him and Adam Kelly. Uh, There's no doubt the guys in pre-training have put real effort in over uh, the last uh, few months and then the summer break. No doubt about that. A number of them have bulked up, uh, got a bit more weight, a bit more muscle, uh, rather. Um, And you see that in the way in which uh, Wayne Malera, for example, is just blitzed it in uh, training. Isaac Rankin, his uh, his talent is really on show. And so uh, when you get a player saying, um, we want to go to matches, not hoping to win, but determined to win, that says to me there's a mindset, 
that has developed over the last couple of years that will stand us in good stead. And the issue, of course, for us is, whilst we have clearly seen improvement, the point is you don't know how the other club, other 17 clubs mm. have improved during the period. So that's the challenge for us. Does that mean, from what you just said, John, there's an expectation to win more games than last season and, and finals being a possibility? What what expectation do you have in regards to success, which in turn has expectations on what the coach is going to do in 2023? Yeah, we, uh, we exist to play finals footy. That's why we're there. And uh, it's been a bit of a journey over the rebuild. Uh, freely admit that. Uh, but we are now in a position that we ought to be moving up the ladder and I would expect that we'll move up the ladder this year, no doubt about that. And I just see the commitment of uh, the squad. Uh, it is second to none in terms of the determination, commitment, the training uh, regime that's been put in, the extra effort individuals do in that training. And then you've seen how Jordan Dawson last year assisted, how Isaac Rankin this year will assist and you've got Tex and you've got Rory and well I could go through a whole raft of players you'll see a game plan come out this year which uh, will no doubt in my mind see us improve it, we've got uh, the first five games uh, away for the EWS uh, game one but then we have four, the next four rounds are at Adelaide Oval so on our home turf with the commitment of the guys, we should see some real improvement this year. Extra game this year with the gather round, of course, which is at Adelaide Oval for Adelaide. So 13 home or 13 games at Adelaide Oval uh, this year, which is another little bonus. Just on the gather round, what's the take-up been and, and how's, the, how's the club seen that concept in round five and how's it looking? Um, well, it's, it's, it's an interesting new model, and we'll see how it uh, unfolds as it relates to the AFL and the competition. Um, but we backed it in solidly uh, when the AFL put the, the concept on the table, putting in an extra round. Um, the response that we've had in ticket sales on that uh, Thursday night game has been uh, great. I'm unsure exactly what it is now, but it's uh, over the 40,000 um, when I last uh, checked on that. So attendance for that uh, opening round on that Thursday night, which we, the Crows, will lead, uh, is a good position for us to be in. Mm. Um, just on, we're talking, uh, you know, fixturing and all those sort of things. I think Adelaide over the last couple of years probably haven't had as many blockbuster games and that's quite rightly so because you're sort of in the bottom half of the ladder. Just thinking post-COVID, financially, you were one of the clubs that didn't um, ask for assistance from the AFL. How are you positioned now on the back of that as you come out the other side? Um, well, we racked up about $6 million worth of debt uh, during those couple of COVID years. But I'm pleased to say that we've been able to eliminate that debt over the course of the last uh, 18 months or so. And we'll be reporting at our annual general meeting on the 1st of March uh, that the debt is gone. Uh, that's a very important uh, outcome. So that means then our planning going forward, we don't have that debt hanging around that we've got to uh, uh, get rid of. And we've returned to a profitable base on an annual uh, cycle. Mm. And of course, that helps, of course, when you're trying to negotiate what's going to happen at, uh, at Thebet and Oval as well. So, uh, John, thanks for your time this morning. Yeah. 
Okay, thank you, guys. Good to be with you. Going to be a big year for the Adelaide Football Club. Um, whichever way it goes to, there's a fair bit of expectation. Yeah, well, I think what John... Let's start with the, the footy side of it. He's basically saying they've recruited well the last couple of years, you know, trading you know, quality players in, in Dawson and Rankin. You've got those four years into blokes like Jones and McHenry. And I think, you know, their, their first round picks in the club have been asking their members to be patient. You know, we talked about the uh, the dedication and the, the pre-season's been really good. The players are really engaged and, and he's quite right. That has to translate to performance. Otherwise, you know, they're not going to uh, to get to where they want to get to. So it has ramped up a little bit this year, I would think, on uh, on Matthew Nix. And I think Matthew Nix is probably in the position where he's looking forward to that. I've heard him say he's looking forward to the pressure. So now he's got the, the players that he wants. He's been there a number of years now. He's got to start to deliver himself as well, which um, I think everyone's uh, keen to see how it goes. 13 minutes to eight. Got a couple of yes moments to get through after eight o'clock. Great business starts with yes. Search Optus Business. And very quickly, uh, Bayern Munich are leading PSG 1-0 at the 57th minute of the Champions League round of 16, the first league. And AC Milan are leading Tottenham 1-0 as mm. well. So there's still plenty of of time, we will keep you update on SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Seven minutes to eight on this Wednesday morning. We are live in SENSA studio, Lumo, and powered by Lumo Energy SA. If you want to send us a text, 0427-154-166. If you're listening on the app, you can just press a button on there to do that. Of course, you can also get us on 1629. Here is something new, a brand new segment that Mark Bickley has come up with. Called uh, over or under, so yeah. I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't come up with it. I, yes. I think it's a, it's good fun. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. So, uh, and what I loved is that you looked at me really smug, going, "What a great idea by me!" But you forgot that we've done this together in another life, which I was part of. That, no, that was me having fun with you. Oh, I don't get your humour, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to read out a couple of statements, picks, and you're yes. going to say if it's overs or unders. Mm. There's a few to get through before we head to the 8 o'clock news, so let's get straight into okay. it. We just spoke to John Olsen, chair of the Adelaide Football Club. This is Adelaide Crows related. The Adelaide Crows will finish with 10 wins in 2023. Mm. Over or under? Um, the intro, bit of crowded house. Don't mm. dream it's over. Yep. Oh, I am dreaming that it's over, but I, I'm, I'm torn here because I, I actually have them for ten wins, so I'm right on the knocker. So, I'll, I'll go overs. I think they'll win one more. Ten or eleven is about where I think they do get the extra game. That's it. Yep, another home game. So thirteen games at Adelaide Oval this year. Um, they'll, they'll take a couple away and they'll win a portion of them here. So over for Adelaide, just. Charlie Dixon will kick 40 goals over or under. I'm pretty bullish on Port Adelaide and I'm bullish on Charlie. He's had a preseason this year, looks fit and lean. So I think that's an over. And I think that uh, as uh, Todd Marshall has improved mm-hmm. in, in the last 18 months, I think that's going to be quite a good combination. They're different style of player. And I think Charlie's going to have a really good year. Mitch Georgiatis won't take goals away from him. 
I'm, I'm thinking they're going to kick a lot of goals this year, Port Adelaide. So I think that'll be evenly spread. And if you play finals as well, you get a couple more games in there, Jared. Let's go into the next one. Charlie Kerno will kick 70 goals. Over or under? 70 goals is a big number, isn't it? Yep. So we haven't seen that for a little while. I'm going to go over with this as well. I'm quite bullish on Carlton. I think Carlton will finish top four this year, which uh, will be interesting because they've been a bit of a sleeping giant. We saw early in the first three quarters of last year, they were very good, but then they fell over at the, the final hurdle. But I think Kerno. If he can stay fit, that's a big if, but I'm uh, I'm liking what uh, he can do. Hawthorne will only win four games, over or under? Four games. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, Hawthorne is such a difficult one. They, they've got, they're going to play a whole heap of young kids. They've got a lot of speed. I think they get the way that Sam Mitchell coached is going to want to take the game on. So some days it's going to look like these guys have progressed and they're going to play finals and other days they're going to be horrible. So I think they might finish in the bottom two. So I'll go unders for the Hawks fans, unfortunately. Nat Fife will play 12 games over or under? Under for me. I know he's going to play forward, but I just haven't seen it. The last couple of years, his body looks like it is in uh, a state of disrepair. And who knows? I hope he plays more, but the likelihood is he'll play less. Rory Sloan will play 12 games over or under. Mm, this is going to sound hypocritical, isn't it? But uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm willing him. I'm willing him to play more than 12. Uh, only because I spoke to Rory about two weeks ago and he was so uh, bullish and he looked so determined and he looked lean and in really good shape. Uh, so uh, I'll go overs for Rory Sloan. Jason Horn francis will average 20 disposals per game, over or under? Uh, I'm going to go unders on this. That's a big number, averaging 20 disposals a game, considering Port Adelaide will have a a pretty strong midfield, and I'm not sure he's going to play massive midfield minutes. He'll he'll be a great addition to it, uh, and he might play uh, anywhere between 15 and 30% midfield time, but he's still going to be – he's a 19-year-old man – and he's still gonna he's still gonna be really dangerous around goals. So I think he'll average more than a goal a game, but twenty disposals a game, I'm not so sure. So I'm gonna go unders. Already ruffled some feathers across the border, Jason Horn Francis, by talking about the training standards of the Port Adelaide Football Club. This is what he had to say. I'm loving it. I'm loving having my my support network around me, um, my family. Um, yeah, it's the best best decision I've made. Their training standards um, that they that they uphold is, is amazing, and the competitiveness they, they bring out um, in themselves, and now it's coming out of me. North Melbourne training standards were still were still very very good. Um, I think it's just the competitiveness of all the boys um, at Port Adelaide is just is just top tier, and I think it's unmatched by the competitions. He also has to prove himself uh, a lot too. I love what Malcolm Blight said yesterday when we had the the pleasure of speaking with him because I'm I'm a big fan of the go home factor. To be honest, I think we here we pick and choose when we care about the go-home factor. When it impacts our club, we decide to care. If a player decides to go home to Victoria, so for example, if Tom Duday at the end of the season, a free agent decides to go home, we'll be all up in arms. Mm. But if we receive a player coming back home like an Isaac Rankin at the Adelaide <laughs> Football right. Club, we're like, hey, he deserves to come home. It's exciting. Yeah, Jake Lever, what a traitor, and uh, Jack Gunston and others. But then yeah. when they flip back the other way. And, and both sides have had... Um, some great players come back. You know, Adelaide have been accused of losing lots of players, but you know, we went through a couple earlier. Scott Thompson, Darren Jarman, uh, Sam Jacobs, Nathan Bassett. They're, they're just, there's plenty of players that have come back, and more recently, Jordan Dawson and, um, and Isaac Rankin. So 
It's a it's a dual edged sword, isn't it? And uh, good sword reference as well. After you mentioned that yesterday, you got the sword <laughs> to the city or got, whatever it is. You've got the stinger with the the looks like the sword <laughs> thing rattled. It blows my eardrums up every time you play it. <laughs> but I, like I didn't it. do that. Come on. Uh, we is did that, get is that going to be your whole thing year? We're going to have sword references all year? I didn't, re- mate. You started it. I'm just going okay. along with it. We got a text in on 0427154166 because we were talking about players, what they can and can't do to risk injury that could disrupt their AFL season. And then Michael has said, driving cars is the most dangerous thing you can do. Are we going to ban players from doing that? Mm. If you want to get extreme, that's how you can start thinking about it. <laughs> that's right. Um, there's a lot of sport going on at the moment. Next, we are going to get into our yes moments. Great business stuff. Starts with yes. Search Optus Business. It's eight o'clock on SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Two minutes past eight, being a big show already. Uh, we will put our interviews with Tom Jonas and John Olsen up on the podcast. We drop the podcast at the end of every show too, so you can listen to every show live as well on the SENSA app. If you want to send us a text, 0427 We have this one coming through. Um, Lance of Paradise. I think the difference with the two-way go-home factor is that the Adelaide teams tend to lose players back interstate, into, into their prime, but get them back home in their twilight. There have been a few exceptions, but generally, this is what happens. Your thoughts, Mark Bickley? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, we think about Rankin, 22, Horn Francis, 19. Scott Thompson played, I think, two seasons before he came back. Sam Jacobs, the rookie, came back and became an All-Australian. Uh, Darren Jarman, yeah, back end of his career. But, yeah, I think there's swings and roundabouts. I think the biggest factor is, is that, about 65% of the people drafted are from Victoria. So that's the, the biggest issue. Some of the, you know, some years the top end talent is all from interstate. So you don't have much choice. If you have a high pick, you take someone who's from, generally it's going to be from Melbourne. So a Mackesy that year, um, I'm just from memory. I don't think there was a whole lot of uh, South Australians right at the pointy end of the draft. So they do that and they take that risk. We did have our Twitter poll this morning that we chucked up on social media. Which team was better, the 2005-06 Adelaide Crows or the 0203 Port Adelaide side? Um, and we had a lot of votes coming in as well. So the winner of that poll was Port Adelaide, the 2002-03 side with 51.4%. So it was quite close. Fair competition um, in that era too for both sides. Yeah, there was. And ultimately... Both bridesmaids, really. They won minor premierships uh, but weren't able to, to get even to the grand finals. That's disappointing for uh, for both clubs. Port Adelaide eventually got there. Adelaide, not so lucky. Quick update with the UEFA Champions League 2. It is currently the 74th minute in both games uh, currently happening. Uh, this is the round of 16, the first league. Bayern Munich leading PSG 1-0 and AC Milan leading Tottenham 1-0 The as game well. uh, Bayern Munich and PSG, where's that being played? Uh, I can tell you. Is that important? It, is it important where it's at? Um, well, I mean, in terms of, is it sort of the, the away goals and all that? Is that sort of in play in the Champions League? Uh, it is in France. Mm. So it's in so, Paris. So this will be an upset then, you would think. Yes, but there's still time. Anything can happen, mate. This is football. This is the world game. <laughs> I mean, it's the 72nd minute. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just saying, I'd re- if I had my hard earned on a team, I'd want... To, it to be on the team that's 1-0 up at the 72nd minute. 
Mate, a, a long this time. is Champions League football. This is why um, I'm going to help educate you on the beauty oh, and magic of football. I hope football. you can. I hope you can. If I walk out a little bit smarter after spending time with you, that'd be a good result. I'll get you tickets to an Adelaide United match because you are a fiend of asking me for free tickets for things. <laughs> exactly. So I got you and your 19 kids tickets to the Adelaide Strikers yes. over the summer. Great game that was. Too. It was a fantastic game. Uh, we should give a shout out to Chris Lynn as well, Adelaide Striker. Now, we were talking about this earlier in the show. Um, you wanted if someone Someone caught a six, mm. um, a, a, ball a ball to be replicated. Yeah. So we had a competition at the Adelaide Strikers. If you caught a six off Chris Lynn, yeah. then you would get the opportunity to meet him at the end of the match and go hang out with the players. No one did it. Yeah. Um, but also a bit of pressure was put on Linny when he was playing for the Strikers. Well, now, six. Well, yes. <laughs> Because um, the reason I'm talking about Linny, because overnight his T20 side that he went to play for are champions. So he's on the which, way back to Brisbane now. He was over in South Africa. Yep. So what he managed to do was win the championship, but he walked out to a trumpet, like a trumpet mm, song. We it, had yeah. a live trumpeter. Yeah. But after the third game, he said the trumpet is too distracting. And also, I would say on the microphone, now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure if Lenny hits a six, you catch it. Two times he got out after I said that. Mm. So I'm putting the mockers on him. You're, the, you're death riding him. Yeah, I mean that's aggressive. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next, so, the, so the trumpet introduction was is from baseball in America, isn't it? There's well, a, this is the the song that he chose, but the sacker and the strikers got a live trumpeter to mm, play, mm. who sometimes was not in key, so it sounded just a little <laughs> bit like they've got a music teacher from Golden Grove to come in and say, <laughs> "Let's just have a go," and if you stuff it up, it doesn't matter, which they did, but it was still entertaining apart from. Um, Linny so if you out. were a, an elite sports person, and, what do you mean? Uh, if I was yeah. <laughs> a, a cricketer, yeah. what would your introduction song be? Uh, uh, it's raining men, or just anything that would make people go, "Whoa, what is that?" I think your intro song is huge. What's yours? Because you asked me a question. Well, no, about I, I wouldn't have a clue. Um, I'm not a music aficionado. I'm not an ex. Why can't we be friends when you walk out? <laughs> Just Something so... a bit upbeat is what I would like. Yeah. I like the song that we play for our intro music for SENSA. Mm. I think that's really good. You're going to hear it a lot because we play it <laughs> okay. a lot. So uh, we're going to do our Optus Yes moments and put ourselves and the rest of the SEN family under the spotlight next. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's on this Wednesday morning, we are live in SENSA Studio Lumo SA. Bix, before we go to the SEN Spotlight, thanks to Optus Sports, what's your yes moment? My yes moment, the uh, the Aussie Women's T20 uh, World Cup is on at the moment. They played a game against Bangladesh this morning and they got the chocolates. One by eight wickets, one comfortably in the end with uh, some balls to spare. I need to correct myself as well because I got uh, where that match is being played confused with where Chris Lynn is. He is in the UAE playing uh, in the T20 tournament. So the the inaugural one, and he smashed an unbeaten 22 to make uh, the exit from the BBL worthwhile where he guided the golf giants mm. to the inaugural ILT20 title in the UAE. So that's my yes moment. He's my fellow bald brother. Chris Lynn. And for those people that are confused, that'd be golf with a U, not an O. 
Yep. I don't think anyone was confused, but thank you very much. Everyone is tuned in. She's a multi-sport athlete. Tournament in the UAE is a golf tournament. Let's go under the spotlight. Time is done, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. Yeah. This is where we have a look around the country and see what is making the news on our fellow SEN families. And we're going to start off with Adelaide Crows' Ben Keys, who was talking to SENQ Mornings with Ben Davis yesterday. Yeah, certainly, yeah, I certainly started that year on fire and... Um, Got off to a good start, but yeah, probably mid-season I started to, to struggle a bit with some injury and uh, yeah, I probably learned my lesson. I probably went too hard too early and um, all part of the journey though, learning things along the way. Now I've uh, yeah, really got that balance of uh, how hard I train, how much I prepare and um, and yeah, just balancing that with, with the body. And yeah, as we know, AFL is a pretty brutal sport um, on the body. So um, when things break down, they can have a big effect. But yeah, I was able to still stay out there and, and finish off the season still... Uh, still play every game and, and now freshened up and ready for, for another big one. Yeah, and that's part of the journey the young players go through. He's such a, a fitness fanatic as mm. well. He works really hard on the training track and he just talked about going too hard too early. He'll, as he gets more experienced, he'll, this preseason would have been a bit more controlled. Remembering, like, I think he had 15 votes in the Brownlow about the halfway mark of the year. So um, really accumulates, runs hard, gets right back deep in defence, Maybe spread his time a little bit more between half forward and midfield if they're going to accommodate perhaps uh, Rochelle and Rankin and others, you know, peddler through the middle. So uh, his role might change slightly. But he's, you know, the fact that he was a unrestricted free agent, picked up, uh, cost Adelaide nothing. He, he came in the same year as, as Ben Crocker, I think. Yeah. And Ben Crocker went one way and Ben Keyes went the other way. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's well, paid off his spades. He's top three or four in the best and fairest now in multiple years. So that's been a really good pickup for Adelaide and um, sounds like he's really looking forward to the year again. In a very funny situation, I saw Ben Keys in Doha at the World Cup. It's incredible, isn't it? Just just you bump into someone from Adelaide there, which is, I think Adelaide's so small. It reminded me, when I was on my honeymoon, I went over to Europe with my wife and we were watching the World Cup fan zone Mm. back in 2012 um, under the Eiffel Tower in Paris. And the two people sitting in front of us were wearing Central District Guernseys in the middle of Paris. We got some doggies fans there. That's fine, but why? Like when you're in Paris, why would you wear a football Guernsey? Because you want people to have a look around and go, "Yep, you're from Adelaide." They just took a risk, and there we were. I didn't speak to them because I'm like, I'm not a Central's fan, obviously. Um, but uh, that was a small world kind of stuff, right? Who would have thought? Did he have long, sort of spirally curly hair? It wasn't John Platten? Was it? it might have been. It might have been the rat. You never know. Um, Adam Gilchrist had a chat on SENWA Brecky with Gossie and Scott about what's happening in India at the moment. Uh, there was one game in Chennai, the, a game that we almost lost. We were n- none for 140, I reckon. Langer and Hayden smashing them everywhere and we got bowled out for 200. Yeah. Like It can just happen that quickly. You can feel like you're in that dominant position and that's what Smith and Labashane in the first innings would have thought, oh, here we go. Here's our, you know, this is where we set the tour up. And then all of a sudden, we're, we're bowled out for 170 odd. So um, that's the, they've just got to start to think about how they can stay in the contest longer and take a game deeper. Uh, and that gives yourself the best. I'm not sure what that was at the end. It just mm. sounded a little bit strange. Yeah, look, I think <clears throat> what I took from that, you know, and, and Adam Gilchrist is trying to show some support for the Australian cricket team and talk about how quickly it can turn. Um, and that turn in the first things for Australia, he talked about Labashane and Smith when, you know, that 
partnership was broken out brittle they were after that. But the difference between that team that he talked about, which would have also had, you know, Ricky Ponting and, and he talked about Hayden and Langer and whole, Martin. Yeah, all these other great players. I bet you the next time they went out, they didn't get bowled out for 80 or 90 like Adelaide, like Australia did. So that that's the, the difference for me. There's just a bit more spine about that other team. And just Adelaide, oh, sorry, Australia looks brittle at the moment. And Do you think it'd be hard for someone like Gilly to comment on that? Because it, from what you said, you look at that era and those players, that's they're coached differently, they approach things differently. Mm. And uh, an Australian side of that era with Gilchrist, Hayden, Ponting, it would be unheard of. They wouldn't even get close to being bowled out for that total. Mm. Yeah, not, not you know, like collapsing two innings in a row. Mm. And well, this is why it's it's going to be must-watch cricket when we, we go to the second test. What happens? What's the response? Because if there isn't a response, I think the... the Australian cricketing public are going to be pretty flat. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing, firstly, the makeup of the team. So the response from the selectors, do they back the team in that was so pathetic? Or do they say, no, I'm not copying that and we're going to put some some other players in, and namely Travis Head, who is in good form. What does that look like? And then the response out on the, on the park, which is the, the most important one. Well, the response from the players wasn't to get too panicky or to even get um, a little bit chirpy in the change rooms, according to our very own Alex Carey, who said they need to remain calm. For this group, what I've learnt is it's a really calm group. Um, it's a calm environment. It's an environment where we all believe in our skill and ability. So, um, yeah, a few things didn't go our way. Um, but to be able to talk about it, to be able to get back out and, and train and, um, you know, keep, I guess, reinforcing that messaging is the way that uh, we've done it so far. And, um, yeah, I'll say it again, I'm excited to get to Delhi. Um and, and so are the boys. I know the batters are really keen to, yeah, to get out in the middle again. Mm. Well, there you go. The proof will be in the pudding, won't it? You know, the, it's great to remain calm and, and that's good and they've talked about it and they just have to put that into actions now. I think people want to see the actions and, um, you know, they talked about their Alex, around, you know, belief in our ability and belief in, you know, what we can do. They just need to show that now consistently in an area where they just haven't been able to do it consistently on the subcontinent. What does it mean for Ashton Agar if you're flying over someone else already and he's not getting a look in? Do they have no faith in him? What's the point of him being in the squad if they're not even going to try him? Yeah, look, clearly it's a different type of bowler they want. You know, he's not hasn't Ashton can't sort of fit that bill. So, so once again, like this is after one test. Mm. I'm not sure why you would pick him if you didn't think that he had that sort of uh, the style of bowl that you wanted. So maybe the the, the uh, conditions are slightly different to what they're expecting. Um, but, yeah, that seems like a little bit of a strange one. And, yeah, once again, it, anticipation, isn't it? It's going to be great. I can't wait to see how the uh, the Australians respond to this. And, and I want to see them really come back and dig in and fight. And um, I think that's what... Australians, when they follow their cricket, have really come to expect that, that there is a bit of grit about their team. We have a Signet Boost power bank valued at fifty nine ninety five. A power bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered twenty four seven for the call or text of the morning. We'll give that away next on SENSA. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go!
Big thanks to Tyre Power Selected Kumo Tyres at 25% off at 26 minutes past eight, Bix. We started the show celebrating the fact that the Australian women's cricket team had successfully defeated Bangladesh in the second game of the Women's World Cup. Yes, and eight wickets. we finished the show uh, with both matches almost complete in the Champions League. Yes, tell me who's winning. At full time. Uh, now, what were you thinking was going to happen? I was thinking that... Bayern Munich we're going to beat. Because I told you around the 77th minute that it was 1-0 Bayern Munich to yes, PSG. And anything right. can happen. Well, nothing happened. Exactly so they right. won 1-0. And uh, in the other match, AC Milan are leading Tottenham uh, 1-0. And they are in the 94th minute so at the moment. just go back a little bit. So PSG, they've got Lionel Messi. Yep. They've Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe. Who yep. else they got? Neymar. Neymar. And who are the other mob got? They've got still very talented players, but, but it's big, not. It's not. not yeah, names. it's not. Well, there you go again. Champion team beats a team of champions. Okay, right? who do you want to give the uh, call of the day to? <laughs> well, let's go with the the Signet Boost Power Bank, valued at fifty nine ninety five. Uh, the Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, your tablet, earbuds powered twenty four seven. Let's go with Ange. Ange gave you some uh, some coaching tips about your daughter's basketball team. Yes, uh, first time caller on SENSA. So uh, thank you, Ange, for for listening and uh, jumping on the phone. In all due respect to PSG, Mbappe isn't playing today. Oh. I've just had a look at the squad. Well, thanks for giving me that information <laughs> afterwards. After I've just given him a big pumper. <laughs> That's okay. They've still got a really good squad yeah, anyway. Yeah. But we appreciate the feedback, especially from um, everybody on the text line as well, who said they're enjoying the um, the other sports that we do talk about because the intention of SENSA Breakfast, and we know that footy's just around the corner, but there's so mm. much sport happening around the world. Locally here too, there's going to be movement with the Adelaide 36 is the Adelaide United team are getting towards the, the pointy end of their A-League season, Just a big that, match. Where do you see them finishing? What, what's, what's it look like for them? I feel Adelaide United have the potential to go all the way. Melbourne mm. City are an incredibly talented side and I feel that Melbourne City once again are going to be uh, where it matters at the end of the A-League season. Tomorrow we can talk about Adelaide United with assistant coach Mark Milligan. Uh, they've got a couple of new signings too and they've got a big game on the weekend against the Wanderers uh, with a charity match for flood relief happening before that. Also tomorrow, the victorious Redbacks coach Jason Gillespie is joining us and also the reigning Central W Premiership coach from the Roosters Chrissy Steen. Bix, what's on for the rest of the day? Uh, really relaxed today, a bit of work. I'm uh, heading into the office doing a bit of stuff at uh, the consulting firm that I work for. Are you going to clean that office too like you did ours this morning? <laughs> no, they're very spotless in there. That's incredible. Uh, Kimbo and Roach are on from 3 o'clock this afternoon with the run home and let's uh, let's make sure you guys, if you are listening in Kimbo and Roach, you need to keep the studio clean too because Bix did a great job. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.